welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. With Tom Dorian. Tom Dorian. You're you're a professional. I am a professional. You are good. Man. I sound that way. You do. That's the way I sound at home, too. I bet you do. Please pass the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like you always just got to have that voice. Because like, you can right, get anything Dad, done with that again. voice. Yeah. My kids hate that voice. But that's okay. They love me, and that's what's important. That's important. So, blessed Advent to everyone. Mm-hmm. Or, depending on when you hear this program, it might be Happy Christmas. Could be. Merry Christmas. Uh, blessed Advent. And it's kind of weird because... Odds are it will be Merry Christmas. Well, eventually, it will be Merry Merry Christmas. But this is one of those times where we have like the shortest Advent season ever Mm -hmm. because Christmas is on a Monday. Right. And so then that means that the fourth Sunday of Advent... Day before. ...is the day before. Mm -hmm. So that brings up a predicament for many people. It does. And, but before we get in that predicament, yes, I, I want to call out somebody's got us name. on the edge of our seats already. Yeah, but this is exciting. I, I, got an, I got an email, so I'm reading it. I didn't get her permission, Oh yeah. so I'm not going to use her last we name. We talked about her. But it's Eileen. Eileen sent me, a, uh, sent me a nice email because she was listening to our show last week about mm-hmm. Behold. Okay. And so she said, I want to thank you for your podcast on the word Behold, which I listened to this morning, December 17th, while I was getting ready to go to Mass. It profoundly touched me that I so it so profoundly touched me that I had to send out an email to Catholics I know. I believe that it was a God incident that our pastor at Transfiguration Catholic Church in Oakdale, Minnesota, also touched on the word "behold" in his homily for the third Sunday of Advent, and that's uh, Father Bill Bear, by the way, who is we should give him a little shout out. But Eileen, thank you. And then she sent this on to other Catholics, and she. She actually copied me on all the stuff that she... I mean, she literally typed out like this dissertation. It's great. I think that she gets in her master's degree. But what's cool is what you were telling me when I told you about Oakdale, Minnesota. You're yeah, one so those, we looked it up. She's you're fifth. a weird... Yeah, yeah, but you're a weird person. You look. You get your phone <laughs> out you, like, Jeff. Where, where is Oakdale? And I'm going like, <laughs> does it matter, Tom? Is it going to change your life? Well, it does. How does it matter? Yeah, so she's 15 or 20 minutes down the road from my son, our son, my wife and our son. Uh, David, who is in uh, St. Patrick's Parish in Hudson, Wisconsin. So, Eileen, right you need to go over there and visit. You're like right over in Wisconsin. Go say hello to him. To St. Patrick's? Is he's that where you said He's a good boy, St. Patrick's. So, he's, what does he do there? He is the youth director there. He's working with the youths. He is the Paul Walker. Oh, Paul Walker works at St. Louis at St. Church. Louis Parish, so, we're calling right. his name out. All these people now yeah. are being, their names are being released and revealed to three million people. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Like, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trust me, there's no check in the mail. <laughs> but hey, uh, Eileen, thank you so much for sending a lovely email. And, uh, and so, uh, we're, we're going to use that as a springboard, all that enthusiasm and excitement into our next show. So, here we are. We're sitting here. Um, whenever you're hearing this, so like on the EWTN and some of the other outlets that we have, um, they will actually play this show on the Saturday. Day before. The, well, the day before the Sunday, the, Sunday, the fourth Last, Sunday of Advent, right, right? Right. So the vigil. So it'll be either played then, mm-hmm. but you might listen to it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So like Relevant Radio and some of the other outlets that we have will also play it on Sunday morning. 
So then it's like still the fourth Sunday of Advent, but everyone's already in Christmas mode at that point. Mm-hmm. And so it brings up this dilemma, and 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 I just thought, well, this is we're going to do one of those shows that kind of like is sandwiched in between the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Day, right? Because it's like literally, you know, you pull the shade down, you lift it right back up, and it's Christmas, you know. <laughs> right. And so that's so so what we're going to do is talk about this because um, it really made me think about, um, like, like what I thought when I was a younger man. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of my, you know. I've actually having to do things in my faith because I think it's like really do obligations. I, yeah, I was having a little problem with that, and I wasn't the best Catholic certainly. So I was always trying to figure out how I could get around. Mm-hmm. You know what? How can I do the minimum? Yeah, and still check the box. Mm-hmm. And so interestingly, I I not only was I not alone then. Mm-hmm. You know that attitude kind of still hangs around and lingers in the church because I've already had uh, people ask me. And ask our pastor at our local parish. And also, I've read uh, several different blogs and you know tweets and whatnot from people talking about a certain priest offering a dispensation saying, well, you don't have to go to both masses. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas because you know, people are thinking like, well, wait a second. Well, hold on here because if, it's, <laughs> if, if Christmas is on Monday, we, all, we like to go on Christmas Eve. Right. So if I'm going Christmas Eve, that's Sunday. That's also the fourth Sunday of Advent. And I'm thinking, kill two birds with one stone. There you go. Right? It's, I'm double dipping. Right. And it's like you think, like, I can cram two into one. And look, it's two into one, you know? And it's like, um, yeah, but there's there's a problem there. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what, you're saying, yeah, like you're getting all sad. What, what is the problem, Tom? Well, the problem is you're not supposed to do that. I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to work around the system, and that's, that's not the So way you're one up. of those sticklers. You're like, you know, do the red and say the black. Not Stop a, trying to invent stuff. I'm just kidding. Not a, not a stickler, <laughs> though, where I'm in your face. I just, I just think that, you know, I, I want to be there because we're supposed to be there. It's, a, it's an opportunity. See, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a good way to put it. And the reality is no one wants to hear from the person that says, well, you know, that's a mortal sin. <laughs> you know, that it may be a mortal sin. And I'm not saying it's not. And, I, and I, I think it's important that we recognize that some things the church has said, look, doing this is not a good thing. Right. Right. And I think it's good that we have these laws and rules and they're not there to be overbearing. No. But at the same time, we have some people in the church that are just a little weak need and just like, their voice trembles, and they say, well, we don't want you to have to be going to two masses. The you know, funniest part of the show is some guy's going to listen to this on Sunday morning and go, are you kidding me? I'm never listening to this show again. I had this all planned. And this is supposed to be tidings of comfort and joy, and you've just ruined my Christmas because you're going to make me go to mass twice. Right, but or make me feel It is opportunity. opportunity. It's a holy day of opportunity. Right. Mother Church. Yes. Giving you this opportunity. And so we Looking must. Out for your own good. Right. But, you know, I started thinking about that and I started thinking, you know, it's not just about Christmas. It's not just about Advent. It's not just about our spiritual life. It's really about all things in life. And you think about it. I mean, I, I'm guilty of this. I wrote a couple of notes down okay. because, but because they came from me and my heart where okay. I've been before in my life and where I continue to be sometimes yeah. and am challenged by it. Mm-hmm. But I started writing these little notes. Taking the easy way out, avoiding work, doing the minimum, looking for loopholes, taking shortcuts, right? The biggest result from the least amount of effort. And we're all guilty of that. Yeah. I mean, in fact, we're, we're taught that, I think. Mm-hmm. How can you push one button and make a thousand things happen? 
right. and never have to work again. Right. I mean, we see the ads on TV that's like, and you you can make a million dollars a week and never go to work again. And it's like we're we're taught that stuff. Right. Well, it seeps into our spiritual life, and we start thinking like, well, what is the minimum I can do? Mm-hmm. And many of us Catholics are guilty of checking those boxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that there are seven sacraments, and if I get the majority of them, if I get four of them, I go to heaven. Isn't that right? <laughs> so if I just get the four, I don't really have to do the other three. Right. No, it's not right, Tom. You were supposed to say, no, Deacon Jeff, I believe that's wrong. I'm representing the common man out there. <laughs> no, you're representing yourself. And I'm sorry. Tom, I got tickled. I wish y'all could see his face when he, when he ta- does this show. It's beautiful. No, this is radio it's for a very great. important reason. But so, no, so, so, like. Oh, I'm sorry. We, here's the problem, though. Yes. I am a father of nine. You are a father of five, right? Yes. That's 14 kids. That's we kids. have pledged not to ruin their lives. That's right. So if we allow this, this idea of, like, the loopholes and the back doors and that we can cheat. I mean, you know, you can We're buy these video games. Kids the wrong thing. <laughs> my, my kids have these video games. It's like, well, Dad, I need uh, 10 bucks. What's that for? I'm buying a cheat. That's what they call it. A cheat. Yeah, you can go online. You can buy some cheat that allows you to, like, get through some room without getting beat up by the giant killer squid or whatever the heck they're doing these days. Oh, these kids. I sound like an old man. But but the point is, it's like we're, it's bred into us, I think, in this culture right. of how do we do the least amount of work. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that we should then do work for the sake of work. I, I, don't, I don't mean it's like we should be, you know, working our fingers down to bloody nubs, you know, and just for no reason. But it's like if we're taking all these shortcuts, we're missing some beautiful, like you said, opportunities, right. especially opportunities that Holy Mother Church and that God is offering us through the church, That's right. opportunities for grace. And we're saying, you know, thank you anyway, God, but I'd rather have the cheese sandwich, you know, and sit at home and watch football. I don't really want, I don't need the grace. Right. It's like we've become that, I think, sometimes. Yeah. And all of us are tempted sometimes to, to fall into that trap and. You know, I'm not saying that I'm perfect or you're perfect or anyone listening, but because I guarantee someone's someone like I go to mass every single Sunday and every holy day of obligation. Well, that's nice. You're checking boxes, mm-hmm. you know. But what more are you doing? Right, right. But we're we're in a in a culture that says, how can we do this with the least amount of effort? Mm-hmm. Right. How can we be more efficient, more effective? And sometimes it, it it seeps into our spiritual life. And the problem is, I think, like when we let our kids do this and we teach them that. It also starts to lead to apathy and laziness and sloth. I mean, lack of ambition. You're right. You think about things of the way the country's going and how kids don't want to do the hard labor. They don't want to do the work that really is the backbone of this country, the stuff that has to get done. Mm-hmm. And no one, wants to, no one wants to be the trash man. No one wants to build the, you know, the, build the buildings and you know, all the, the brickwork and you know, the ductwork and whatever. You just don't have a lot of manual labor Mm-mm. people out there that re- we don't see the master apprentice relationships as much nope. and we start realizing that like everything is prefab and you know put together already and it comes from amazon mm-hmm. uh you know and you just open the box and it's now ready to be used it's like that can be scary because that can start to lead to lack of creativity and invention i mean really a lack of of life it does Right, and then what does that lead to? Lack of life leads to death. death. <laughs> you know, yep. so that's the uh, very um, depressing message we have for people. Yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> so maybe that's not a good thing. But you know what? We promise life. We do right in the next segment. It's not going to be here. Uh-huh. So we leave people with like this feeling of like I don't know if I'm liking Christmas anymore. Yeah. 
perhaps I've chosen Especially the wrong religion. What am <laughs> yeah. I doing listening to these guys? I promise you, we're gonna pep, we're gonna pep you up. It's it's coming. Great. It's right around the corner. Please stay with us. Mm-hmm. Before we come to that little break, we're getting ready to take. I want to remind folks at home we got a great great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Just like Eileen did from Oakdale, Minnesota. Love it. I would like to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Little is known about the details of the life of St. Lucy. She lived in Syracuse in Italy in the early 4th century. One tradition tells us that her mother raised her to be a pious and holy young girl. She prayed fervently and often. St. Lucy decided at a young age to consecrate herself to God, but she did so secretly because she thought her mother would not approve. In fact, She had already made arrangements to have St. Lucy married to a wealthy and influential pagan in town. However, her mother, who had been ill for a very long time, was miraculously cured after her daughter prayed for her at the tomb of St. Agatha. She was so thankful to God for this blessing that when she discovered that St. Lucy wanted nothing more than to live as a bride of Christ, she eagerly and thankfully gave her approval to her daughter's willingness to live out her vocation. Her rejected suitor, however, was not as thankful, to say the least. When he heard what had happened, he gave St. Lucy's name to the local governor and told him she was a Christian. This was, in effect, a death sentence, as Christians at this time were being persecuted, most being subjected to unimaginable torture and painful deaths. Tradition tells us that St. Lucy's eyes were gouged out. In fact, she is usually depicted in artwork holding a plate with her eyes upon it. But even though she was blinded in this horrible way, St. Lucy would not recant her love of Christ. Finally, after much suffering at the hands of her persecutors, she was eventually martyred. The name of Lucy literally means light, and it was evident that even though she was blinded, she could still see clearly the light of truth that shone brightly in the fledgling church of the 4th century. And her clear vision can serve as a tremendous example for us. In fact, she has been named the patroness of the blind. We can all, in a sense, be blinded, blinded by the allurement of sin, and it is only through the mercy of God that we are healed. It is only through the light of Christ that we can truly see again. St. Lucy is one of the many Catholic saints who can help us see that light. By following in her brave and holy ways, we too can be healed of our blindness. Her feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on December 13th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. Yes, you are. Sitting across from Thomas P. Dorian. Yes, sir. And uh, we're talking about... Uh, well, we're talking about people who want to skate and uh, avoid work and <laughs> take the easy way out. And we're talking about, like, you know, if you want to be a real man, you got to go to Mass. 
you got to yes. do the stuff you're supposed to be doing. So really, I think I think we want to call this show commitment. Okay. Like, what are we committed to? Mm-hmm. And when we commit to something, or are we committed? Yeah, are we committed at all? Mm-hmm. Right. And if we are, like, are we just committed to the things that are easy? <laughs> Right. Because that's not really and a is commitment. That re- yeah, is that really commitment? Because it's not commitment, right? It's not. So I wanted to go, and I found some scriptures I wanted to kind of spend a little time with, mm-hmm. um, and that will help us in this kind of figuring out, well, do we have to go to Mass twice? Do we have to go on Sunday and then go on Sunday? You know, <laughs> the fourth Sunday of Advent, Sunday morning, and then Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, right. going to Mass so it's twice on Sunday. Yeah. You don't have to do that, by the way. You could go on Saturday and then go on Monday. That's right. If you want to do That's it right. that or way. Or Sunday but and Monday. All kinds of options. It is. Right? You can go on all the days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Right? <laughs> um, you know, and so there's like lots of things that we need to look at here. But I, I want to look at some scriptures and just sort of see, well, what does the scriptures tell us? Mm-hmm. What, what does the Bible tell us? What do the scriptures reveal to us? And so, like... Ultimately, God wants us to commit. He, he, he wants us to commit. He doesn't want us to sort of lay back. Um, so it's really all of this, um, all of the scriptures are really about making choices and about choosing God. Mm-hmm. And, and all the way back, we go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, mm-hmm. right, where starting at chapter uh, verse 15, see, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. Then it goes on and talks about if you obey this, if you do this, but if you don't do this, then all about living and whatever. And I love where it, it, it comes towards the end. It's like, um, you know, I, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your, your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and cleaving to him. For that means life to you and length of days that you may dwell in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. So it's like God's saying you've, we need to choose him. Mm-hmm. There has to be an active choice, a commitment to him. Mm-hmm. And we see it in other places. We, we, we jump to the New Testament, John chapter 14, uh, verse 15. This is Jesus saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so if there's love involved here, and this is interesting, well, God is love. But if you love him, You'll do what he tells you to do. Right. Right? So you'll commit yourself to his commandments, to his laws, to, to what he's revealed that he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And we do that in love. And that's the ideal, certainly. That's right. Um, so St. Paul to the Galatians chapter 6, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. In other words, the doing part. Right? Mm-hmm. Following the rules, following the law, doing good things. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In other words, there's a benefit Right there's there's grace there's there's goodness and in fact Isaiah we go back to the prophet Isaiah in the first chapter um, we find out there's actually reward right we're blessed when we make this choice mm-hmm. right if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land but there then but then we also have like well what happens if we don't so Isaiah consent, continues on but if you refuse and rebel you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the of the Lord has spoken. It's like so go. again this is about choosing life mm-hmm. that you may live and have and your descendants may live and you'll have all this good stuff but if you don't it's not going to be good. Right. Right again that involves this idea of committing. Mm-hmm. Putting ourselves at the service of the Lord. Right. Like putting ourselves all in mm-hmm. and not not looking back. 
I, I love this scripture. This comes to us from uh, the gospel according to Luke in chapter 9, where Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Right? It's a very real thing. Like back then they would be plowing, you know, and right. so you put your hand on the plow, and then if you're plowing but you keep looking over your shoulder, your, your lines aren't going to be straight. No. You're going to start turning, if you're looking over your left shoulder, your, your lines are going to start going left. So Jesus is like, you, you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. Keep moving forward. Keep Stay focused. Mm-hmm. Right? You, 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 in other words, you're committed to what's in front of you, mm-hmm. not like the, the behind you and the problems and the issues and, and all those things, not second-guessing all this stuff. But again, this is a, 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 a sense of commitment. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we don't want to be hypocrites in all of this. Right, So this is what St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans in the second chapter. He says, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Wow, there you go. So, you know, we, we hear what we're supposed to do. And just because we know the Hearing law. Hearing and doing are two separate things. Yeah. Now, Jesus was always busting on the uh, Pharisees. I mean, because they were trying to bring him down. Oh, yeah. So the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they were always like the letter of the law. They were, they were the ones who were like, they were the lawyers who were trying, you know, it's like, we only have to do this once, right? They were, we, they were trying to get, they were the guys trying to get the two for one there. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. We just have to go to Mass once, right? So we still no. have those Pharisees among us. And, and it's like, no, no, I know you've heard the law, mm-hmm. but it's actually the one that does it, the one that commits to it and puts himself into the law, makes himself subject to the law. Mm-hmm. That's the one who's justified. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is not about works. We're talking about commitment here. Right. Like, are you all in or are you not all in? Just because someone hears something, they hear the truth. Do they actually believe it? And do they commit themselves to it? That's a whole different mm-hmm. thing. And then this one, this last one is one of my favorite verses in Scripture, but it's very scary because it really calls us out. Mm-hmm. This is where, um, you know, in the book of Revelation, where the Lord, you know, the angel of the Lord is speaking to the different churches, mm-hmm. right? In, in chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, and this is really Jesus on his throne speaking. And he says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. I, I like the old-timey translations, you know, Dewey Reams and those kind of would say, like, I vomit you out of my mouth. It's harsh. Yeah, that is harsh. But he's trying to teach us that it's like we need to commit. Mm-hmm. We need to have backbone. We don't want to be lukewarm. I, I saw a coffee mug that, you know, that just it said, meh. On it, M E H. <laughs> you know, sometimes in the morning I feel meh. You know, but like if you're living your life meh, mm-hmm. that's not good. No, right. In fact, he would prefer Jesus would prefer you be hot or cold. Right. That you that you have committed for or against because right. even if you're against something, he knows where you are. Yeah, he can work with that because you have commitment. Yeah, you have backbone. You you you've stood on a principle, even if it's wrong. That means that, like, well, if you've got backbone, now let me work on you and see if I can get you to see it the right way. Right. But if you don't have any kind of backbone, if you're lukewarm, if, if you're, you're just, just meh, yeah, meh, then you can't work with that, and he vomits you forth. Right. Right. So that's the attitude that we need to have. Right. What are we committed to, mm-hmm. and are we and are we committed to the right thing? Mm-hmm. Are we committed to the gifts and the parties and the movies and the decorations? Those are tough questions. Yeah, or are we committed to the true meaning of Christmas? What What is it that we're... Those are tough. Right? Ultimately, it's about relationship. 
I think it is too. And so yeah. now we can have balance in our life. I mean, it's, it's not going to be unfun to be Christian. No. To be a Catholic is not unfun. No. You can go to Mass twice in a day and not have it ruin your Christmas. Oh, absolutely. Well, I guess we're not going to have Christmas this year. We're going to Mass all day long, you know. <laughs> it's like, don't overdo it, dude. It's all right. You can make it. I promise you. You're going to survive. And if you, and if you see the just... If you see what's going on and why you're doing this, the true meaning of Christmas, I think that brings more joy. It'll be beautiful. Right? The Gospel of Matthew in the sixth chapter tells us no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and the stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? You, 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 you can't serve the stuff. It's only God that right. we can serve. And God will bless us with the joy, with the parties, with the friendships, you know, right, the good times, the, the, the Christmas carols, those are all good things mm-hmm. when we understand them in perspective of why, why we do them. So we can have fun at Christmas when we realize and keep the perspective, like the reason for our joy. Mm-hmm. I love that little bumper sticker, Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> but the point is, it's true. It is like, true. We, we, we forget that stuff and we don't think about it. So, you know, I, 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 another way to look at this is to realize that the incarnation, right, the very first Christmas was essentially an invitation. Mm-hmm. Like God intervened into the human scene. He stepped into the reality of our human existence. That's right. right. When the second person of the Trinity took on flesh, God took on flesh and came into the world mm-hmm. at Christmas time. That's an invitation that, that essentially demands a response. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if I come up and stand in front of you and say, hey, Tom, mm-hmm. you can't just ignore me. I'm, right. I'm there. Right. You, you have to, you, do you recognize me or not? You can't be meh about the fact that I'm standing right in front of you. Right. And when Jesus came into the world, took on flesh, born as a little baby, right, and all the things that changed, I mean, that's an invitation that says, do you recognize that I'm here? Right. And do you recognize what I have to offer to you? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that part's beautiful, but that's what we need to see Christmas as. And I think, really, our response, our commitment, right, is what's, what's called for here. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask ourselves, how will we, how will we answer that? Yep. And what I say is go to two masses. I agree. You go Saturday or Monday. Go Sunday or Saturday and Sunday night. Go Saturday, su- Sunday morning yeah. and Sunday afternoon. How many options you have? You can go all over the place. Or Sunday and then Monday. Yeah. So yeah. You, you have many opportunities, but that's what we're called to. Yeah, take advantage. Right? Yeah, amen. So not just Advent and Christmas, but every holy day of obligation, right? Yes, sir. Let's do this, and let's ask Mary, the mother of joy at Christmas, perfect, to pray for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.